Good morning and grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning is our third Sunday of Advent and we let our third Advent candle today, which is the shepherd's candle or the candle of joy. When the angel appeared to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, he told them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news. In our world today, we have all kinds of news, don't we? We have ABC News and NBC News and CBS News and Fox News and PBS News and MSNBC and CNN. I could go on and on. We can even get our news from places like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the Washington Post, even our own Billings Gazette. And to top that off, each of these news organizations have their own websites where we can go anytime we want and get news right up to the minute, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long. We've even heard about a different kind of news in the past six years, something called, my wife's mentioning it, fake news, right? <laughs> Although fake news, if you think about it, really isn't anything new. Fake news has been around ever since the devil approached Eve in the garden and asked her, did God really say, right? And we've had fake news ever since. And sadly, if you watch the news on TV or read about it in the paper or look on the internet, a majority of the news we hear about today isn't really what we would call good news. Sure, there are a few good news stories sprinkled in here and there. But for the most part, the news that we see today all reflects the reality that we live in a very fallen and sinful world. Now, back in the days of Joseph and Mary, none of these news organizations existed yet. There was no TV, no radio, no internet, probably no newspapers, although I can't say for sure. Maybe they had a, a Bethlehem Times or a Nazareth Daily or a Jerusalem Journal. We really don't know. But back in first century Palestine, the news of their day wasn't much different than the news that we read about today, especially for the Jewish people. Because by that time, they didn't really have what they would call a country of their own anymore. They were living under the harsh rule of the Roman Empire, and those who lived in Judea especially were ruled by a tyrannical king named Herod. And he definitely was not a friend of the Jewish people. Now, he tried to put on a good show of supposedly supporting them, and he allowed them to, to follow their traditional laws and to still worship at the temple. But he had angered the Jews many times by doing things that they didn't like and that they really didn't approve of. He replaced the high priests with men of his own choosing, men who would carry out his will over and above the will of the people and the will of God. He was collecting taxes over and above what the Roman government required so he could support his own lavish lifestyle. So the reality for the Jewish people was that Herod was in charge. And for all practical purposes, it was literally his way or the highway. And this kind of world is the kind of world that God chose to bring this good news into. The good news that would be for all people, a lasting good news that is still good news today. It's not bad news, 
And it's not fake news, as some would try to label it. It was, and still is, the best news that mankind has ever received. And God announced this good news in a completely unexpected way. He didn't go to the religious leaders of his day. He didn't tell the political leaders either. He didn't go to the rich and famous people of his day either to share this good news. No, he instead chose to make this great announcement of good news of great joy to a group of of lowly shepherds as they were watching over their flocks one lonely night just outside of Bethlehem. We're probably all very familiar with the story, but why don't we turn in our Bibles there to it today. It's found in Luke chapter 2. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and I invite you to please stand with me, (coughs) excuse me, as you're able for the reading from God's Word. This morning I'll be reading Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8 and reading down through verse 20. We'll be reading this again on Christmas Eve, by the way. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, or as Linus said, they were sore afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Oh Lord, this is such a familiar story to us. We read it every year, and and we're still amazed, Lord, at, at your sending your Son in such a special way. As we look at this very familiar passage, Lord, and as we look at one aspect of it, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear it, to understand it, that your Holy Spirit would apply it to us, Lord, and that as always, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. In the world we are living in right now, everyone could use a little good news. And that's really what the message of Christmas is all about. Good news of great joy that shall be for all the people, that a Savior has been born and he is Christ the Lord. We're all very familiar with this story. It is indeed the greatest story that's ever been told. But for this morning, I want us to focus on just one part of the message that is told, not only to the shepherds, but also to three other people as well, as we look at the Christmas story. 
Last week, if you were here, we looked at the story of the birth of John the Baptist and how his ministry prepared the people for Jesus to come. Do you remember what the first thing was that the angel said to Zechariah in the temple when he appeared to him? He said, do not be afraid. And this is a theme that runs throughout the Christmas story, as we were going to see that the angel gives the same message to Mary, and then to Joseph, and then to the shepherds as well. And friends, it's a message that still rings true today. In the midst of all the bad news and the fake news of today, we have nothing to fear and nothing to be afraid of because God has sent us a Savior. So the angel last week told Zechariah to not be afraid. The same angel told Mary as well to not be afraid. In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, we have that account of the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and giving her the message that she had found favor with God and that the Lord was with her. Luke writes that upon hearing this message, Mary was greatly troubled at the angel's words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. And then the angel told her that she had been chosen by God to be the mother of God's own son. So Mary, this young virgin, betrothed to Joseph but not fully married yet, would be found to be pregnant in a society that not only frowned upon unwed pregnancies, but sometimes openly punished those who were found in this condition. Did Mary have anything to be afraid of? Sure she did. First of all, an angel had appeared to her. That in itself was probably a scary thing. And then she had to think, what's Joseph going to think about this when I tell him? What is my family going to think when they find out I'm pregnant and my betrothed Joseph tells everyone that the baby isn't his? What would people in their village think when she shared with them that she'd never been with a man but that this pregnancy was from God? What would the Jewish religious leaders think when they heard the story? Mary definitely had some things to be afraid about. But the angel had told her, do not be afraid. And if we read down to the end of that passage, we see Mary's response. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. How many of us would have responded in the same way? Matthew's Gospel gives us the account of an angel appearing to Joseph in a dream after Joseph had found out that Mary was pregnant. And Joseph had decided to quietly divorce her so that Mary wouldn't have to go through public disgrace. And in the dream, the angel told Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now think about what Joseph must have been going through. Knowing that your soon-to-be wife is pregnant and you're not the father. Okay? Think about this. This is before the angel appeared to him. These are the things he's thinking. You're not the father. Sure, she shared the story with you about this visit from the angel, but come on, that's a little hard to believe, isn't it? That's a little far-fetched, a little hard to swallow. 
No one in Israel has heard from a prophet for over 400 years, much less had a visit from an angel. How is he supposed to believe this? What would his family think about Mary? They'd been so excited for the two of them to get married. They were so looking forward to the upcoming wedding celebration. But now their son had been disgraced by the woman he was betrothed to. What might happen to his carpentry business? Would he lose customers because of this? How about his standing in the community or his standing in the synagogue? Would people talk? Would they think that maybe the baby really was his and he was trying to cover up what had happened? What would happen to Mary? He might have been thinking now that she was found to be with child. Did he fear maybe for Mary's safety? I think Joseph definitely had some things to be afraid of as well. But the angel told him, just like Mary and just like Zechariah, do not be afraid. And that brings us to the passage that we just read a little bit ago, a very familiar passage, actually my favorite part of the Christmas story. There are these shepherds outside of town keeping watch over their sheep. And it's nighttime, and tradition tells us that these were most likely sheep that were destined to be used as sacrifices at the temple. And these shepherds were in charge of keeping them safe and well-fed and clean and ready to be used. So here we have these shepherds, and it's dark outside. Might be a little cold as well. Some of them might be sleeping while one or two are keeping watch. We're not really told. What we are told is that in the middle of this dark and probably very boring, ordinary night, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Remember, as we said before, God has been silent among his people for 400 years. No prophets proclaiming the word of God. No angelic proclamations. No judges. Just Silence, at least as far as hearing a word from God. And then suddenly, in the midst of this darkened night, the glory of the Lord is shining around and over and within this area where these shepherds are watching their sheep. And they've never seen anything like this before. Now, they may have heard stories from the past of angels visiting the earth. They may have even been taught about how God had spoken directly to some of their descendants, people like Abraham and Moses and Joshua. But they never thought that anything like this would ever happen to them. In fact, our passage tells us that when they saw this sight, these shepherds were terrified. I imagine them falling down with their faces to the ground, trying to hide themselves from this angel, kind of like the way Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves from God once they realized that they had sinned. The shepherds knew, they understood that they weren't the most clean of the people of Israel. They knew that when they went to town, people tended to avoid them because they were dirty. They were smelly. They were even considered to be unclean by the religious leaders because their job was a 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year job. So they didn't have time to get to the synagogue or the temple to offer the sacrifices that were required for them to be considered clean according to the law. So when an angel of the Lord appeared to them, they might have thought it was going to be a message of judgment of some kind, not necessarily a message of good news, so they were rightly afraid. 
How many of us would respond in the same way if an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before us and the glory of the Lord shone around us? In the scriptures, we see Isaiah the prophet confronted with the vision of the throne room of heaven with the Lord seated upon his throne and we're told that he was totally undone. He said, woe to me. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. The Apostle John responded in much the same way. When he was confronted with the holiness of God in the book of Revelation, when he saw that, that vision of the Lord, the risen and glorified Christ, he says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. Really, this is the normal reaction when a sinner is confronted with the holiness of God. Like in our account today when these dirty shepherds were suddenly surrounded by the glory of the Lord. Did they have something to be afraid of? Sure they did. But what's the first thing, once again, that the angel told to the shepherds? It's the same thing the angel had already told Zechariah and Mary and Joseph. Do not be afraid. Put yourself in the place of these shepherds. Would you have been afraid? I'm pretty sure I would have been, at least until I heard those words. But the angel tells them to not be afraid. He hasn't come to condemn them. He hasn't come to pass judgment on them. No, he's come to bring them a message, a message of good news, a message of great joy that wasn't only for them, but was for everybody. That today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is Christ the Lord. And then the angel told them exactly what they were to look for. He said, this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Not a normal place you would normally find a baby. So he said, don't be afraid anymore. Your Savior has come. Like I said before, we live in a world that could use a little good news. We live in a world where people are constantly in fear of one thing or another. Many people are in fear because they're struggling financially. They may be living paycheck to paycheck, and if something happened, like they, they got sick or they lost their job, they might find themselves out on the street. Others are already out on the street, maybe not knowing where their next meal is going to come from or where they're going to lay down their head for the night. Many of these people even fear for their own lives as the harsh reality of their situation hits them and they realize that there are others out there on the streets as well that wouldn't think twice about taking what they have so that they can survive. So they live in fear. Our nation is in constant fear of attack from enemies from without and from within. We face threats from a people who are part of a religion that teaches that anyone who doesn't hold to their belief system is an infidel and needs to be eliminated. People in different parts of the world never know when the person sitting next to them on a bus or walking down the street might set off a bomb that's going to injure them or possibly take their life. People live in fear of walking down the street in daylight in some of our big cities because of gang violence and the drug cultures that have taken over many parts of our world. Internally, our nation is being destroyed morally from within 
as our culture openly embraces lifestyles and behaviors that the Bible clearly defines as sinful. And history has shown us that no nation has ever survived that kind of open rebellion against God in the long run. And our culture is becoming more and more openly opposed to and openly hostile toward anyone who holds to the teachings of Scripture and tries to live by their convictions and hold firm to the truth of God's Word. Do we have some things to be afraid of as well? Do the people around us have things that they are afraid of and afraid for? Sure they do. We probably all do. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the message that the angel shared to Zechariah and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds is the same message that God still shares with us today and wants us to share with those around us. We don't have to be afraid because our Savior has come. And He is Christ the Lord. And we saw in that prophecy from Isaiah 9 that one of the names given to this promised Messiah is what? The Prince of Peace. Look at the next part of the message of good news here. After this one angel had given the shepherds a message of good news, of great joy, the sky suddenly opened up and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. A message of good news, of great joy for all the people, and now the message of peace on earth. Friends, this is the news that our, so world, our world so desperately needs to hear today. Our world needs to hear some good news. Not bad news, not fake news but good news. And the good news that God wants them to hear is that they don't have to be afraid anymore because their Savior has come. And through a relationship with that Savior, God promises great joy and lasting peace. We saw last week how Zechariah at first doubted what the angel had told him. And that because of his doubt, the angel said, you're not going to be able to speak until after the baby has been born. Well, Zechariah doubted the message at first, didn't he? But he stepped out in faith. And he went home and he trusted God that as he and Elizabeth came together, a child would be conceived. So there was faith there. We talked a little bit about this earlier in Mary's response to the message of the angel. She could have thought about all the implications of what this message meant. And she could have said, you know what, I'm really honored, I'm really moved that God would choose for, for me to, to do this, but I don't think I can do it. You need to find somebody else. But she didn't say that, did she? No, she said, may it be to me as you have said. Joseph, in the same way, could have decided that it was just a dream, and he would simply, in the morning, walk away from the betrothal and all of the possible outcomes of his taking Mary to be his wife. But he didn't. Matthew tells us when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave that son the name Jesus. In our passage for today, we see that the shepherds as well responded in faith. When the angel had left them 
and gone into heaven, they said to themselves, well, you know, that was pretty cool, but I'm kind of tired. I think I'm just going to turn in for the night. Now, why don't you guys stay up and watch the sheep for a little bit, and then maybe in the morning when we're rested and our heads are a little clearer, maybe we can go check out this thing that, that the angel said and see if it's true or not. Is that what they said? Is that what they did? No. They said, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem right now and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby just as God had told them they would. And what did they do when they left that scene at the manger? They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And we're told that all who heard what the shepherds said were amazed. Amazed at the message. And then they returned praising God for all that they had heard and seen that had occurred just as they had been told. And I have to think that they were no longer afraid because of the message of the angel and because everything had happened just as God said it would. If we look at these four people or people groups, Zechariah and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, they all responded to the message of the angel in the same way, in faith. And even though they had all been afraid when the angel first appeared to them, I think they took the message of the angel to heart and were no longer afraid because God had done in their lives exactly what he said he would do. He came into their lives and he gave them peace because of the child that was born in Bethlehem that night. And friends, God still promises peace to all who will hear this message and respond in faith as well. The two things that people are most fearful of, especially at this time of year, are loneliness and death. There are many people who end up spending Christmas and New Year's all alone. And psychologists will tell you that the greatest problem that people face this time of year is depression. They will also tell you that there are more suicides during this time of year than any other. Sadly, this is the time of the year that my brother took his life, nine years ago. Do people in our world suffer from fear? Yes, they do. Do they need a message of good news, of great joy, a message that offers them some hope and some peace? Yes, and I think they need that probably more than anything else in their lives. The message of Christmas is that through faith in Christ, they never have to be alone again. Because the baby born in Bethlehem is indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And he has promised us that he will never leave us or forsake us. The message of Christmas is also that they no longer have to be afraid. Afraid of death because this baby, born of a virgin, laid in the manger, was born to save his people from their sins. Was born to be the ultimate sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. As I said last week, we should always view the manger through the lens of the cross. We have nothing to be afraid of because God is on our side. He walks with us through whatever valley we might be walking through. His Holy Spirit lives inside of us if we have faith in Christ as our Lord and Savior. This is the message so many in our world need to hear today. A message of good news 
not bad news, not fake news, but good news of great joy that is for all people everywhere. As I shared last week, let us, let us be the heralds of that good news to those around us. Let us shout it from the mountaintops that people no longer have to be afraid because their Savior has come. And he has come to bring peace and joy to their lives. A peace and a joy that they will never find in the things of this world. Jesus said it himself. He told his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. And you remember the last thing he said there? Do not be afraid. God has come, and the message of the angel and the message of Jesus is that we no longer need to be afraid because God is with us. That's the message of Christmas. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for sending your Son in in such a, a special and intimate way into our world, into our sinful world. Your perfect, sinless Son sent to a sinful world So he could live a sinless life. So that he could qualify to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So that we could have our sins taken away, our fear taken away, our guilt taken away. So that in him we might find peace and joy. Thank you for this time of year that we remember and celebrate your coming to earth as our Savior. Help us to see those around us as people who who need to hear this message of good news, of of great joy as well. And give us the courage and the faith, Lord, to share that message with them so they too can live their lives under the light of the world, Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.